podcast. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we got to things to say. <laughs> or not. Maybe <laughs> or maybe we, no, we probably do. Or We do because we saw Birdman and it We saw Birdman today. Fantastic. This movie, if you don't know what it's about, it's about, you know, a fall, an actor who's had a fall from grace, you know. Yeah, a big fall from grace. And, you know, this is supposed to be his big comeback. He's really struggling. And, you know, the first thing I thought after I left the theater, this song came in my mind. And I just feel like it should be the the, the unofficial theme song of the... Of, yep. That's the song I was thinking of. How'd you know? I'm smart. Yeah, turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. Birdman, Michael Keaton. Making it. Making it. Wait, let's get the first verses. I'm solid gold. I got the goods. I walk through the neighborhood. I'm making it. That's David Naughton. David Naughton's <laughs> making it. Short-lived 70s no more, making no it. More making you don't remember this, but he used to do these Dr. Pepper commercials too. Well, if there's anything like this song, I'm all on board. <laughs> Sign me up. Fucking hell yeah. But actually, the real music from the movie In is solid pretty gold. amazing. I've got the Check this good. out. It's like a drum beat. Well, it's jazz. It's like syncopated jazz drumming. The whole movie, the whole score of the movie is this just sort of interstitial jazz drumming. And it works perfectly with the mood of the movie. Very good. Very simple. Very, uh, what's it called? Scaled down. Yeah. But very... Less is more. It's Antonio Sanchez, Strut Part 2 from Birdman. And it's all all by Antonio Sanchez. The whole whole score. score. And it's all... The whole thing is drums. Just jazz drumming. It re- it works. Interesting key signature, time signature, drumming, kick snare snare, tom 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 snare snare hi hat, hi hat snare drum tom. So let's talk about the movie and and Michael Keaton. I mean, wow, what a comeback! If you, I hate to say that, I hate to do the whole oh, it's his comeback, but he hasn't done the big roles he's been doing. In Would the you past. say that this movie was Michael Keaton had you? Skeeton? Were you Skeeton for Keaton? I was Skeeton for Keaton Keaton way back, though. I was Skeeton for Keaton during Mr. Mom. I was like, I want him. You weren't even alive during Mr. Mom. Oh, I saw it as a childhood. (laughs) I saw it as a childhood. I was Skeeton for Keaton in Night Shift. Who was Skeeton for Keaton? (laughs) It's a new segment in our show, folks. I'm Skeeton for Keaton. We're Skeeton for Keaton. Yeah, I remember seeing him in Night Shift way back and and thinking he's hilarious. I remember thinking he was making it. (laughs) it. He was totally making it. That's around the same time. Well, let's talk about Birdman because there's a lot to talk about. And it's too much to talk about. Too much. This movie movie is too good. It's too good. It's a movie that really restores your faith in one great writing. Script writing. And also just movies, that there can be good movies again that don't involve a whole lot of, like, blowing things up. Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. And, like, cheap scripts with tired premises. Yeah. And then, like, spaceships and transforming... A chicken into a robot <laughs> and it gets you and oh, can't tell. Oh, you know tell. you love transforming chickens into robots. And robots and chickens and robot chickens. Yeah, this is interesting movie making because it's a movie. It's a movie. And it, the funny thing is it, it, it 
talks it, com- it the commentary in this movie it talks about those movies it does it talks about the 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 trend of the superhero franchise being sort of the go-to in uh, blockbuster movie making it's right. the new action film is the superhero genre well because if you if you're not familiar with the film michael keaton stars as a What's kind it? of a washed up actor who once played an iconic superhero tegan thompson or riggan 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 thompson riggan interesting thompson. name and he's putting, you know, taking everything he has left to put on this Broadway play. And he was a multi, multi-millionaire. And they talk about it. He has this sort he of inner Bird dialogue, Man. which is like the, vo- the Birdman voice. You don't need this. Which Fuck sounds like shit. Beetlejuice sometimes. Sounds like Beetlejuice, there but also sounds like Beetlejuice the ba- sort of sounds like Christian Bale Batman yeah, too, kind of, too. which is really interesting. And so, yeah, he's basically, you know, he's 20 years out from being relevant and he takes Which, what is not an accident that he was cast. Apparently, the director was like Alejandro Inarritu. Ale- Alejandro wrote, Gonzalez. Yes. He, uh, he did Babel and 21, he did Grams. 21 Grams. And he's a very well um, accomplished, award winner, uh, um, director. Circuit. And Can and Venice and all that. All he that had stuff. him in mind when he was writing the script. Which is really cool. To think that far ahead to write this movie about such a specific, like, you know, there's five people or six people that have played Batman at this point. Right. He could have got Adam He's West. He's still a, a great Batman. I've always felt he was such Solid a great Batman. Solid Batman. It was a daring As much as I choice. love the Nolan uh, re-envisioning of the whole franchise, I and I love Christian Bale as Batman, I yeah. really loved Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne and as Batman. Well, it was a gamble because the last time people saw Batman... In a live action, it was the camp of the 60s, and then right. comics sort of tanked in the 70s, and they had a resurgence in the 80s with, what's the name, uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises, uh, Sin City, uh, the Frank Miller. The Frank Miller, yeah. yeah. and stuff like that, and uh, Alan Moore and the, you know, the killing killing joke and stuff like this, and... Uh, but not on the big screen. No. But and so in 1989, when it came out, it was there was so much anticipation for it. And too. it was a gamble. A lot of people, uh, apparently, Pierce Brosnan did an AMA on Reddit, and he said that uh, Tim Burton approached him to do Batman because he thought he'd be a- appropriate Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I and, can see that. Yeah, and Pierce Brosnan was like, no way. Like, no really? way. Like, comic- you want to get typecast, huh? And he felt that, you know, it's comics. Like, I'm an actor. I'm a trained British actor. Why would I be a freaking? Why would I wear he did the suit? He's like, well, I'm not going to wear the suit. And like, look at Adam West. He thought it was ridiculous. How far we fallen? <laughs> yeah, and like you know, he's the Matador now Man or the November. The what's his name? The November Man. The November Man. Because he's like winter. Once he leaves, everything dies. Well, I didn't mean him. I mean just us in gen- general culture, because that attitude is no longer the case. Yeah, it's people like you are, do a superhero, you're golden. You're in. That's it. That's the new, you know, chomping at the bit. Yeah. For yeah, the standard, yeah. But it's really a wonderful it's film. It's different. It's and if it's they do the entire film in essentially one cut. One shot. It's like one constant shot. And you really can't tell. And they've got to no. do a lot of different traveling. They follow them around Times Square. Yeah. Well, it's really only two locations, though. It's the theater it's house. The theater and the backstage. And, and the backstage. And his, his but room. it's basically just the theater. So it's his, it's his dressing room. It's backstage. It's on stage. Then there's a bar they go to right next to the theater. And then there's the one scene where he's walking through Times Square. And mm-hmm. then there's, you know, there's a scene where he's on the rooftop and he's flying. Because there's sort of these like weird symbolic, uh, you, you know, it's sort of 
going through his head sort of stuff right. about what he wants to do with with this and who he was and what he will become, you know, and why he sort of he's doing this. And it, it goes in these really neat uh, CGI uh, sort of uh, action tangents or meteors are falling from the sky and he jumps off a building. He's sort of soaring over the people like, see, this is where you belong above all right. these jamooks. But we should say that that's not the bulk of the film. The bulk of the film is really it's it's acting in the in the traditional sense of acting it's it, there's an incredible supporting cast uh with ed norton so Naomi good. watts emma stone zach galifianakis who totally ups his game Fanakis, 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 galifianakis galifianucci and um andrea riseborough who really last seen with tom cruise in oblivion yeah uh there's it's a wonderful, it's wonderful. It's an actor's movie. It's an actor's movie. It's an actor's script, really, because you see them, and Edward Norton is just chewing the scenery with this character. He it's has like the best lines. Some of the best lines. He's sort of like Tyler Durden from Fight Club, where he's cynical and he's oh, that's smoking. And, uh, you know, you could say that uh, uh, Michael Keaton is his Edward Norton's character, and then Edward Norton is Tyler Durden. Yeah, even though they're that's, both the same person in the Fight Club. We all know that. But it's really interesting to see him sort of uh flip, dis- it. flip it and dismiss all these ideologies he has and talk about the real how you know stage acting is the real acting and you know it's all bullshit and it's he it's such a such a good performance by but what Edward was so Norton. great too he says all that but then he also is kind of shitting on he's kind of a little shit because yeah. he's he there's a point in the film where he takes Keaton's story about how he got into acting and he uses it for himself in an interview in an interview so and they put it in the paper they put it in the paper and he's preaching about how he's not part of that whole world but yet he really is still oh, yeah. part of that world oh, yeah. he's he, still trying to claw he, his he way owns to the up top. to it cuz he's like I'm I'm uh I'm a phony everywhere else except on stage like on stage is the only yeah. time I'm being truthful everywhere else I'm just as much of a phony f- f- you know as the people that I you know chastise and look down upon yeah. and it's it's a really interesting role and I feel like that's a lot of actors it's mm. a lot of people you know what I mean that's you know they can dismiss everything else when they're on stage but when they're off stage they're just as uh, uh you know they're lost they're lost and they're they just as uh, what's the word uh uh culpable or just as uh uh, you know, vulnerable, vulnerable. And, uh, so the supporting cast is great. Even Merritt Weaver, who you may remember from her golden globes acceptance speech for nurse Jackie, when she got up on stage and said, I've got to go now and walks off yeah. stage. She has a cami. Well, not a cameo. She has a part. She plays the, the stage manager and it, the whole yeah, that cast was a good is part. just really small role, no small roles, needy you know? and great writing. You can see, you can see the actors loving the script yeah. as they're acting. They you must, know, you, you can must. see them rising to the level of this yes. brilliant writing. They it's, rise to the occasion. And since it is such a small cast, it's, you know, they clearly really worked well off each other and they probably really respected this. Like we're a part of something. It's, it's a really special movie. It's a special film. And there's so many layers to how it mirrors his real life and how, you know, and it's just, uh, it's a very dynamic film. And it could have been preachy. It could have been kind of campy, but it's not. And there are many moments where you think the film is going to end, but it doesn't. But you're not, you're okay with that. Yeah, you don't walk out of there thinking, well, why didn't they end it then? You're literally on board from the beginning 
to the end. Yeah, and those when those times come up, you're like, whatever. Yeah, I'm on board. You know, take this wherever you're going to take it. I'm I'm here. You know, yeah. I'm with you. So if you're going to like build it up and then there's no release and then we're still waiting, uh, I, I'm there. I'm for I'm there with it. I'm on board. Yeah, I'm on board for the rest of the, sh- the rest of the movie. Wherever it's, you're going to go, it's like you got a free plane ride, but you didn't get to pick the location, and you said. Okay, I'll go. And you get on and you just go with it the whole way. Yeah. And you're happy wherever you land because you are on board. Yeah, That's how the, it The felt. ride was so good that you're on board to wherever you land. It, the, the, the land, the destination isn't important. Yeah. It's the, the flight that you're on. You're like, fuck yeah. And largely resting on, well, the writing and Michael Keaton's performance. He is really if he doesn't yeah. win an oscar if he doesn't at least get nominated he should he will get I will nominated never watch the oscars again i feel like uh the uh, uh, the gonzalez could get nominated for director and writer Absolutely. best original screenplay ed norton could get nominated for best supporting nom- actor totally. i mean it's it's totally. an incredible film and yeah keaton let's talk about his history cuz I've been a fan, like I said, since Night Shift, yeah. which was directed by Ron Howard. And if you've never heard of the film, you're an idiot. <laughs> well, no, you to, may you didn't hear the film. It's it's kind of a generational thing, but it's yeah. his first film. It was Ron Howard's first directorial debut. Henry Winkler stars in it with him. He plays a character named Bill Blazajowski, and they are morgue oper- night shift morgue operators who end up running a prostitution ring. Out, out of, the, of morgue the morgue with the bodies yeah with the bodies and with the bodies with, i was just kidding no not with the body i mean yeah i guess with the bodies but they don't really show the body so it's ne- it's a necrophilia movie no it's not okay so and then gotta, shelly long so it's not you gotta clear this up for the listeners it's not a necrophilia i just said it's movie. with the bodies no. and you're like yeah with the bodies well but i mean the bodies are in the morgue but yeah. they don't it's not like they take so they're not the having let's slate stop are they having sex with dead people? No. Okay, that's what I'm asking. You're like, well, there's with bodies though, no. but it's not like with bodies. It's like, okay, wait, pump your brakes. No, no, no. Because here's here's the story. But sort of. But Henry like, Winkler's neighbor is Shelley Long, and she happens to be a call girl, and they become friends, and then they he convinces her. Well, Michael Keaton's character convinces her to get her friends to let them be their pimps. I mean, it sounds kind of crazy and it's not something that probably would have been done today, but it's actually a very funny movie and Keaton steals the show. And it was kind of the beginning of him just taking off because after that he did Mr. Mom. He did Johnny Dangerously. He did mm-hmm. Gung Ho. He did Mr. Beetlejuice. Mom, Beetlejuice. Yes. Beetlejuice. I mean, just, and the dream team. Do you remember that movie? I saw. Yes, of course. It's a great movie. It's a little, little sort of, it's a little movie. Footnote classic. Well, we should also say a lot of people don't know is that Michael Keaton started as a stand up comedian in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. I, I work at a comedy club and he got his start at the comedy store, which is on sunset. I work at a comedy club on Melrose. Uh, and apparently what happened was he was like one of the guys of the time, whatever that was, 79, 78. And I think whether it's Ron Howard or someone in casting literally just 
calls up Mitzi Shore, who is Polly Shore's mother and owns the comedy store, no longer runs it, but was running it like hands on at the time. Guy calls her up like, Mitzi, who do you got? And she she gave him like three names and Michael Keaton was one of those names. Mm. And who are the other two? I don't remember. I could find out, though. I could find out pretty easily. That'd be interesting. Yeah. This, so, like, literally, it's like a phone call and a handshake. Yeah. you want? I got these guys. These are my guys that are really, like, you know, killing it right now. And uh, I think that it was either that that got him night shift and and then that he never looked back. You know he what I mean? He never looked back. But, yeah. I, mean, I he never I want to see. Tear. I want to see what his stand-up was like, to be honest. I'd love to see what his stand-up was like, like. I'm sure that would be easily obtained on YouTube. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. You, uh, you, yeah, maybe. I'm sure there's, like, little dusty clips out there you know but you said you watched mr mom i mean that was one of my favorite movies in the 80s I that was one of my favorite that. movies as that's a, kid. a hilarious movie it's late, funny uh, today 90s. it holds up today it's an f- interesting premise and back then it was like a very daring premise now they had, like there's been many sitcoms and many, right you know this you know of that same sort of but like stay-at-home dad no that way. stay-at-home yeah. dad was uh it, you could make a whole movie of that premise. Right. And people would be like, what? 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 This is the 80s. Like, <laughs> you staying at home? This is your mom? You don't know what to do? Yeah. You can't feed a baby chili? You can't feed a baby chili? You can't feed a baby chili? It's like the it, is, it is. The movie is kind of dated when you watch it out, but it's not in terms of, it still makes you laugh. And it's, I don't know, I haven't watched it since in a long time, so maybe now you're like, okay, whatever. It, but it's still, like, it's one of those movies of my childhood that I look back and like, oh, Mr. Mom. Childhood. Oh, Mr. Mom. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mom. Yeah, I love Mr. Mom. And Debbie Gar, Terry Gar. Terry Gar. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, Terry Gar's the wife. The wife. And he gets fired from his job. The, when he, the scene where he gets fired Tambor. is awesome. Jeffrey uh, Tambor. He's, he's his yeah. crappy boss who, like, fires him. Fires him. And when he gets fired, that's one of my favorite scenes of the movie. He goes, he just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> he just loses it in the, in the, in the office. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then, movie. so the Dream Team is really worth seeing on VOD if if it's available. I don't know if it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime. It must be, but it was. It's 1989, and it's this group of psycho patients in the mental ward who basically accidentally get out. It's starring Christopher Lloyd with Michael Keaton and Peter Boyle, the late Peter Boyle, yes. um, Stephen First. There's a whole bunch of people. Uh, Philip Bosco. There's a lot of great. James Reamer's in it. James Reamer. They go on this adventure to the ball game and a lot of fun. To a ball game. To a ball game and a lot happens. It's a cute little movie that he did right before Batman. And he was the lead and he was the carrying the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. It's a great movie. And And yeah, James Reamer. We're podcast we're fans of hashtag we love james reamer yeah right here. we do we love james reamer what did we just see him in that was kind of a surprise to see him? oh he just popped up oh there's he james, popped reamer. Up. There's james reamer yeah he's awesome we love him and so and of course beetlejuice was in 88 and i mean beetlejuice it's an iconic role iconic cult classic still yeah. to this day people cite beetlejuice have you seen you know it's one of those movies you get passed on to your kids you right know? It's just like it was to me and then he kind of like had he had these weird like falling out he did like voiceover stuff he did here i mean he i know you had a part in um I had a part? No, he, well, maybe I know you had, had a part. part. He had, had a part, part in Jackie Brown. Yeah, Which did. was interesting that he did that, but but he hadn't been doing a lot that he was... No, it was a strange sort of... Uh, starring in at that point. 
not necessarily fall from grace because it's not like he fell out of favor. No, and he was like standing, a, he consistently worked. He just, he wasn't hitting it. Like he had that weird Christmas movie, Jack Frost, where that, he turns into well, a snowman. I feel like the first movie that had him sort of fall off was Multiplicity. Yeah. Like nobody went to see that right. movie. And it was, it was supposed to be like sort of like, Is, remember Michael Keaton? We You love him, right? Well, you're going to love, if you like one Michael Keaton, you're going to love 30 Michael Keatons. Because it's, it's like he reproduces himself or clones or, himself. Yeah, that was a He weird clones movie. himself. And nobody saw it. And then, yeah, Jack Frost is a total like, paycheck kids movie. But which is part fine, of it, whatever. I think, because Batman Returns was in 92. He did yeah. not choose to do the, the third, third one. And so he ended up making, I mean, and, you know, got to respect him. He made some choices to go in a different direction and they didn't all work. But he didn't want to be the superhero guy, which is what's, you know, his character in Birdman doesn't do the third movie or the fourth or movie. fourth or whatever it is and, yeah and it's very parallel and he's still clearly. getting like and ah, i should have done that reality show with my stupid well he has a voice in his head inter- that, that sounds like the, the bird, bird man. man and it is the bird man because there's a point where he's walking down the street and like they cut to behind him and there's literally a guy in a Birdman suit behind him talking into his ear Yeah, that was awesome and you sort of see it and then he's flying behind him and then there's explosions and it's such an interesting film yeah yeah, it sucks you in, and you're there. You're, I'm with it. The, just the acting alone. The, the acting I, alone. You will not be sorry that you saw this film. No way. There's, There's no way you could be. I remember a couple a people pulse. talking about it. They would say, eh, it's kind of weird. It looks kind of weird. It's not weird. It's not it's weird. Just, it, it's it doesn't not look weird, weird even. It doesn't, and it's not boring. It, no. it completely captivates you. And they do do this interesting ode to the whole bang, bang superhero while he's doing this, the voice in his head is doing the mm-hmm. monologue about people don't want this acting stuff. They want the explosions and the superheroes. And yeah. It's, it's interesting and commentary. this giant, like, sort of robot bird monster that's just, like, attacking the city, and it's all behind him. And th- th- those are very small parts in the movie, but they really make an impact the way yeah. the way they're used because it's sort of all in his head and then there's other moments where you're like so and he has this sort of telekinesis throughout the movie that's never really commented on yeah what was that where he can move well tell, he can move things with his mind yeah and he lifts up a, a, a glass of water or a painting and moves it across his room and he doesn't he's not like i have telekinesis and nobody notices Is that the it. right name for that by the way Telekinesis. Uh, yeah, it is. Your ESP oh. telekinesis. Well, isn't ESP you read someone's yeah. mind? Yeah, telekinesis is is moving things with okay. your mind for sure. Just checking. Yeah, we have some like psychic people like ah, fact checker psychics <laughs> that like listen to the show. Oh, that's another thing. To all of our fans, we'll we'll call them oh, we'll call them fans because there's so many of them. Uh, <laughs> If you can take, I want someone to make a, take that David Naughton song and make Here. a little like one minute, 30 second sort of mock trailer this with David some of the best Naughton scenes, song. some of the best scenes from the movie, like where he's jumping off the building and where he's destroying his, uh, you know, dressing room where he punches Edward Norton in the face and just edit that all together, put this song on top and you'll be my best friend. And it's like Birdman and then have it sort of like enter like credit roll roll Chris Michael Keaton, Edward Norton, Naomi Watts, Emma Stone, Birdman. <laughs> or what is it? The um the uh, unexpected virtue of ignorance? Uh yeah, the, the unexpected name. Yeah, it's Birdman, the unexpected virtue of ignorance, or a unexpected virtue of ignorance. Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance, yes. Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. And then this comes in, you bring this in right here. 
starring Michael Keaton <laughs> and Edward Norton. And Naomi Watts. Emma Stone. She's really skinny. Yeah. <laughs> She's good in it, though. I mean, I got to give it to her. There's this great speech that she has with her father that it, it, she plays his daughter. And there's mm-hmm. some there's a great speech that she has. and Sort of like, Dad, you hate you bloggers. Yeah. You mock Twitter. You don't even have a Facebook page. And you say, you know, they're not important. You're not important anymore. This is not important. You are not important. It's over kind of thing. And she well, really lets him have dr- it. She's out of rehab and he's basically supposing to, because you know, what's interesting too. He's, he's a good guy. He's, well, he's a flawed guy and they show that he's a flawed man. Yeah. You know, he messed up his marriage yeah. clearly, but he, and he was a drunk. He was, he a, was drunk a drunk and he messed up his marriage on his anniversary or something. Yeah. Like that. You find out more. You're like, a lot oh of yeah, infidelity. Really fucked up. infidelity and booze, booze fueled infidelity. Most but but he's likely. trying to do the right thing by his family and and his and his himself. And he's trying like, to do. He really wants to go back to the craft. Like he's like I'm an actor. Like I did this play, not this specific play, but a play by the same sort of fictional sort of Arthur Miller sort of mm-hmm. uh, author uh, uh, or playwright. And you know he left me a cocktail napkin after I did it when I was in high school, and it says you know thank you for a true performance. Right. Carver or whoever it was. And I remember he shows that to Edward Dorton. He's like, dude, it's a cocktail napkin. Yeah, he was drunk. It's like, so he was drunk. It's like, no, like this is why I got into acting was because of this uh, playwright and because of maybe this play as well. So he's like, I'm doing this to like revisit why I got into acting. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you gross a billion dollars with a, a, a superhero franchise, you kind of get away from the roots of why. Then you're like, why did I? Why was I in this? Right. Was it just to dress up as a fucking... You know, bird, man, and you know, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, it's like, no, I really like you can tell he's committed to this and he doesn't know why and he wants, but he does know why because he, he wants to be important. He wants to be relevant again, right. but he wants to do it in such a way that isn't just sort of commercial. Because what does Edward Norton say? He says, dude, popularity is the slutty stepsister of prestige. Yeah. What a great line. And it's such like, that's the writing you can expect from this movie. It's really sharp and poignant and funny and insightful, Yeah, you know? And so, and he's right. And like that's popularity. He even says he's like now, nah, like I'm dealing with people. Like their only goal is to go fucking viral. Yeah, you know, he's like nobody wants to, you know, be but the, a performer. the way the line, the writing is su- superb. The, and the there's all these sub sort of plot obstacles. There's a wonderful performance by Lindsay Duncan, who's a a, a British actress. I believe she's a bit of British actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's actually Scottish. She, you'd know Scottish. her from. Under the Tuscan Sun, she plays the Fellini character in it, and she's been around forever. She was in Ab Fab. She's been in a million. She's things. in Ab Fab. Yeah, she's been in a million things um, on the BBC, and just she's a hardcore, awesome British actress. Actress. Proper. She plays the New York Times critic tabitha who mm-hmm. ed norton seems to have wrapped around his finger and mm-hmm. michael keaton's got to go through her because she can basically make or break a play yeah that's for her character she could sink your whole fucking production because they're doing preview nights review. yeah and preview nights are going like a fucking shit show well we should say this the movie opens with the uh ed norton character who is being originally played by a different actor they're doing a table read and a freaking uh floodlight 
falls and just cracks his head open and he falls which and he's we unconscious. think michael keaton brought down well he says that he's like i yeah. did that i did that my i chose to do that because the actor is so bad he's so bad and everyone funny thought it how was bad he is. it is funny and like that like you said that really grabs your attention it's like right at the top of the film we looked at each other and we were Ooh. like oh okay we're on board for this yeah that's great because he was so bad he's so <laughs> like, oh, bad it's like uh cringeworthy bad and then just like crack instant justice and it's like yes right. and so uh so that was uh and then Mike, uh, Ed Norton has to be brought in by Naomi Watts, who's last a, minute. Yeah, and he's the f- incredible actor, but he's a problem. And, yeah, and he's kind of a prick, and he's, he's, an ar- he's arrogant, and he's lofty, and yeah, he's but it's cynical. a great thing because he gets great critical reviews. The critics love him. He's a yeah, good actor. So at first, Michael Keaton is excited acclaimed. about it, mm-hmm. but then on one of the preview nights, he gets really drunk in the middle of the play and just disrupts Edward the Norton whole thing. Does. Well, what happens is Michael Keaton's about to walk on for the, his first scene, and like they're already out there acting in the kitchen or what have you. And the stagehand or whoever it is, he's like, "Oh yeah, he's doing good, but I think that's actual gin. I think he's really drunk." <laughs> and so Michael Keaton Merit walks Weaver, out with, yeah. yeah with a second bottle of beef eater, and he puts it in the ice bucket and takes the other one and puts it aside. And then he's talking, you know, he's you know doing uh, some doing sort of monologue. Poignant monologue, yeah. And he's pouring, and then he just hear like, "Did you fucking put water in my drunken gin <laughs> bottle? Smash!" And he throws the glass and like this during preview night he goes up and like confronts him he's like you motherfucker carver wasn't sober on a single fucking page he wrote you're gonna fucking do this to me look at these fake bananas look at this fake fridge everything here is fake the only real thing but was it this takes chicken. a minute for you to real because when he first does it you're thinking maybe this is his performance and the yeah. audience doesn't know that either yeah. and then as and he goes laughing. on you realize that and he's then booing. broken and then yeah. they're booing they're laughing and then they're booing and he's like oh fuck you people like yeah. you know you would know a fucking real performance and like he's very like pompous about the craft you right. know what i mean but he's not wrong in a lot of ways no he's, he's not, not. and then to bring it back to what i was talking about that he they go to this bar because michael keaton basically as a director has to put him under control he can't get rid of the guy mm-hmm. and ed norton points out the tabith woman at the end of the bar and he says you see that woman over there looks like she licked a homeless man's ass i mean that's yeah. the kind of yeah. writing this, this has well, and yeah. he tells he goes on to tell him that the preview nights mean shit all that matters is opening night what she says about the play goes yeah. and and it will make or break it yeah, and so that's another obstacle he's got. He see, you know, you can see that he's like, oh shit, I've got to oh, impress fuck. this woman. Yeah, and then Edward Norton goes up to her, and they have this little cozy conversation, and it basically ends with like, and he, he's kind of like jive talking or whatever, and she's basically, don't you think I'll ever give you a bad review? You know, Edward Norton's character, he's like, oh, only if I ever give you a bad performance. Yeah, kind of smirks, and like that's so they have this relationship, and she clearly hasn't given. It's him a kind bad of review. a weird relationship. It's not necessarily it's it's not necessarily cordial, but they have a respect for each yeah. other. Yeah, it's a they know that they're sharks playing in the same territory. You yeah, know? and you can tell they have a past too. Yeah. Like it makes it very clear that the two of them have right. a past together. So yeah, Edward Norton sort of this gift and curse, you know, and you have to kind of reel them in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, he, the things he does <laughs> uh, in the name of the craft during the film are like, hilarious. Hilarious. It's a funny movie and it's dramatic. It's like I said, it's very dynamic. It's a very dynamic movie. 
you won't be upset or disappointed no, that you saw there's it. There's so much going on. Well, and-, and the thing about it was, I remember when I first heard of the movie, I was like, hmm, Michael Keaton, hmm, Birdman. I saw the poster of him with the bird on his head, and it's that painting. Right. And then I saw sort of, uh, you know, those they, they released those sort of like set clips or set pics. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy in a Birdman suit. I'm like, what, what is fully happening with this? And I read the synopsis. And I'm like, okay, I want to see this. And then I started seeing the previews, and it just seemed like a lot of melodrama. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I don't know if I need to see this in theaters. I'll definitely see it. I'll definitely I still to see, see it. it. In theaters. I know, but I wanted to see it in theaters initially, and then I had this turn, and then it got such good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, otherwise. So you're saying I'm like, that Rotten Tomatoes swayed you? Rotten Tomatoes swayed me. Because sometimes Rotten Tomatoes and us do not agree. Yeah. In fact, a lot. You can choose time. But it was this movie in particular getting like a 92%. It's like if it got a yeah. 78%, I, so it's like, 90% okay. And it was 90% user, right? And users. Yeah. And then 92% critics. That's a pretty And a lot, sometimes good, I don't agree yeah. with the critics and I don't agree. But like this movie, I'd already wanted to see it before I started watching the previews of just, like I said, sort of like angry arguing with like close-ups. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll see. I'll still see it. I'll wait till, you know, Amazon or Netflix. But once I saw the reviews, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's, I'll see this. Let's go see this movie yeah. in theaters today. Today we today. saw it today. We yeah, saw this we movie to today. Well, we had to, and full disclosure, we had a choice to make between we were going to review Fury, we were going to review Birdman. Yeah, and we chose to do this film, and we chose. I'm really glad we did. Yeah, it's a different movie. I feel like Fury, not necessarily it's going to be formulaic, but I feel like you, we've seen that movie before. We've seen that movie before, or what? Or maybe, or we haven't. Maybe we have never seen that yeah. movie before. No, I mean, I still but, want to see the film. But uh, the, you know, in terms of like picking for Birdman, for this, you haven't seen this movie before. No, you really haven't. You haven't seen this movie, before. and you haven't seen Michael Keaton this way before. Yeah, he really I mean, even if you love the him. plate, like he really because most people don't really think of him as this actor first as a thespian sort of actor's actor you think of him as batman and he's like you know he's, he was a big movie star and that right. sort of thing but you wouldn't be like oh the actor michael keaton at least i wouldn't at least no my i generation mean i wouldn't. think my generation thinks of him as a leading comic actor and he was kind yeah. of the Jim Carrey of my era, I believe. I mean, that's really? kind of a bold statement, but but it not like but different. not untrue because he, like you said, he came from the store. He came from the comedy store, mm-hmm. and he had this whole. He was huge in the eighties. So on the Justice and Doom meter, I would give this a five. I would total justice this movie. I'll give it a five. I'll give that it- is something we don't hardly ever do. I'll give it the the entire Justice League. Superman. I'll give it a full entire You'll give Justice it League. The of entire people. Justice League. I give it the whole Justice League, including Martian <laughs> Manhunter and Hawkman and Hawk Girl, and I'll also give it Zatanna. Wow. Zatanna banana. Wow, you heard it here. And I'll give it Gorilla Grodd. So I, for one, am very enthusiastic to see what's next up for Michael Keaton, and also for. This director who won my attention wholeheartedly. Yeah, we'll have to go back and watch Babel now because we never got through it. But I never uh, saw it. I, yeah, I let alone got through it. I never saw it. I know it was so so critically acclaimed when it came out. It was yeah. just the, it won a all bunch the of buzz. Awards. It won can. Like, yeah, top prize or yeah. jury prize at can. Yeah, you know it was very critically acclaimed. It was a sort of like this little movie that could even Brad Pitt, a little movie. But yeah, the, the Fury. Yeah, we chose not to see Fury this weekend, but I will still see Fury. I will still see Fury, but I, I will in absolutely say you got to go see this film. 
And I would say see it in the theaters. It's worth seeing in the theaters. And support the movie. Yeah, support, support the movie. Because this, this is, is a kind movie. of movie that you want to support. Yeah, and it wasn't crowdsourced, you know? Right. It wasn't some freaking And Zach it's not Braff. Transformers with Marky Mark. And it, Yeah, and it didn't cost $200 million to make. Probably cost nothing. It probably cost nothing. You're probably the most expensive thing was the cast. Yeah. You know what I mean? To get these really good actors to sign on. But I'm sure a lot of them, once they read the script, were willing to negotiate the, the fucking, uh, their wage for the movie. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but I feel like yeah, I this, this is an this, actor's but... movie. It totally felt like an actor's movie and an actor's script. But the directing is phenomenal. The script is phenomenal. The cinematography, the, you know, every mm-hmm. Thing, the, the art production value is just the production like there's top a, notch. a few edits and apparently the director hasn't said where they are but literally there's like only a handful of edits in the whole movie right which i don't know some people might understand that like a hundred minute movie with there only being a handful of edits maybe a two or three it's like something hitchcock did back when he did the film rope where it's literally all one shot one, it, it, yeah. th- that's the level of craft this is yeah, you can tell there's a lot of care was taken into uh, taken into making this movie from every, from the story to the production values yeah. of this movie. It's insane. It's a really interesting watch, and you wouldn't regret it. You can't if you have any interest in movies and in pop culture. Like there's a lot of stuff that this movie touches on. Mm-hmm. You just have to be a fan of of, of life. Yeah. You know, uh, you know of the struggle. If you're a fan of the struggle, you'll like this movie, yeah. you know. If you've ever felt like you've had to struggle for something, you'll watch this movie Absolutely. and you'll leave like, yeah, right on. I do. I relate to this. So I want to give a little uh plug for our next show which is going to be live from Salem, Massachusetts. Partially live. We'll partially say partially live. live from Salem, Massachusetts, <laughs> folks. Yeah, which is fine. Haunted but. happenings in Salem, Massachusetts. We're yeah. going to be there. We're going to be it's the time of the year. people in the scene and it's we're going to have some on. fun and we'll tell you all about it's it. It's coming on that time of the year, so we're getting to the Halloween time. We're better to be than Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. And we'll let you know all of the Weird and quirky, eccentric happenings. Much of that will be had, I'm sure. And we'll let you know in uh, graphic detail. Graphic detail. Graphic detail. <laughs> There'll be some graphic details. There will be. And you'll love them. All right, well, that's it for us. Thanks, everyone, for I guess that's it. the podcast. That's it? Is that it? That's it. Remember, if you don't get Harold and modded, you will get prodded. <laughs>